Hi, everybody. Just jumping in here at the top of the episode to say that these next four episodes are going to be a little bit different than the last 20. Uh, We're going to do a little interlude between chapters two and three of Green Mountain Mysteries. And each of these episodes is going to feature a different guest voice actor that has not been on the show before. Kind of a way to give the characters a little bit of downtime, a little bit of breathing room, and to show off some of the uh, cool people that we know. So, uh, enjoy! The Witching Hour, Oklahoma City. It is a cold night in February, a restless, sleepless night. In a suburban home, someone tosses and turns fitfully, trying in vain to get some shut-eye and then they hear a noise that starts them awake. A familiar voice emanates from the darkness outside, the sound of motion in the next room, and then, chillingly, silence. We see an open window leading into an empty bedroom. In Burlington, a phone rings. Albion's phone. Do I recognize the number? It is an Oklahoma number. Fuck. <clears throat> Albion just kind of picks up the phone and drops his accent for a second. Hello? <laughs> Hello? Stop fucking faking, Albion. I, I don't know what you're, you're you are talking about. <laughs> Albion, this is serious. I wouldn't call you if it weren't serious. Sid? Who the fuck you think it'd be? Listen, Albion, did you... Did you ever come... You never came back, did you? You would have told me if you came back. Yeah, I, I, I promised you I would have told you if I was coming back, Sidney. I just... I haven't made it back yet. Listen... I thought maybe Abigail's missing. And I thought maybe you... I thought I heard you, but... But it wasn't, and she's gone, and I thought maybe I'm crazy, and maybe you came by and had an impromptu adventure with Abigail, and you just didn't tell me because you were being a son of a bitch. Just please tell me that's what happened, please. Please tell me that's what happened, Albion. Um... Sydney, I'm in Vermont right now. Fuck! What... What the? I, I, she's gone. I don't know. I don't know, Albion. I, have you tried? You haven't tried just fucking calling her? No. Yeah. Of course, Albion. I totally panicked and thought, hmm, I'm not gonna call Abigail, who's missing. I'm gonna call Albion, who I haven't seen for fucking years. Yes, Albion. I've called for her. I've looked for her. I haven't been able to find her. I'm freaking out here. I'll be there as soon as I can. Uh, I'll I'll figure it out. I, I'm I'll get there. I'll be there as soon as possible. Hurry up, hurry, Albion. I I don't know what to do. What well, I know, just stay calm, keep breathing. I I know this is a lot. I will. You just keep keep your ear to the ground. Keep looking. Keep trying to find her, but. You keep your fucking eyes open and do not go anywhere alone. All right, all right. Uh, 
Look, call me, okay? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Listen, Sid. I'm. I'm sorry. I got a lot. We got to talk about. But I'm sorry. I haven't been in. No shit, Sherlock. Look, I'll be there, and we will talk about it in person. Just do me a favor. Do not tell Mom and Dad I'm coming. Fine. I'll be there soon. You better. A promise. And Albion is going to hang up and immediately call Warden Beaumont. Okay. Uh, the phone rings... Uh, a couple of times, and uh, you you would know that he he'd have like a very old style of phone. He does not have a cell phone, so you hear after a few rings, um, sort of. Uh, so you you hear the the receiver pick up, and you hear some fumbling, um, and you hear a a sleepy voice just. <coughs> yeah. Mm, hello. It's Albion. This is, um, this is an emergency, and I need, this is a fucking Hail Mary pass. Do you have a way somewhere in Oklahoma? I don't give a fuck where, as long as it's close to Oklahoma City. Uh, um, uh, oh, oh, okay, hey, uh, hold on a sec. It's an emergency, Oklahoma, Oklahoma, you're from Oklahoma, oh, Okay, yes, you know what? I can. I will ask someone real quick, and I will find out if I can get, uh, how quickly I can get you there. There are definitely ways to go a lot of places. Okay, yep, yep. Uh, Look, it's either that or I start driving an hour ago. Hmm. Well, uh, don't, don't do that, because that would break the uh, law of magic against uh, going against the current of time. Don't do that. I would ask why there's a rule for that, but I really do not have time to sass you right now. I... Okay. I will call you back shortly. Alright. Um, thank you. Uh, I, I'll be in touch. And Albion is just going to call the first person who we can think of, and that uh, is Dez. Des, it is like three thirty in the morning. Yep. So she answers the phone. Hello. Hey, I'm really sorry to call you, Des. I am. Um, I need to leave town for a bit. Okay. Something's something's going down back home. Something's going on with the family. I don't know what it is, but I need. I don't know what the fuck to do, Des. Albion, do you, do you do you need backup or something? Like, what's going on? I think something's... My sister called me. I don't know how she found my number, but... She she called me, and something's happened to uh, my youngest sister, and uh, I, don't, I don't know what. And I need to get there. Now, I have Beaumont trying to find me a way, but look, if you if you're offering backup, I I'm, I might as well just call the whole gang. I need everyone I can get on this. I don't okay. know what's going on, but I I'm fucking scared, Dis. Do you, do you need me to like call the airport or something? 
No, Beaumont's going to find me a way there. Way okay. with a capital W. Oh, okay, um, uh, do you want to, like, uh, break up the phone tree and I'll call Roe and you call Sylvester, or where do you want to meet? Yeah, I'll call Sylvester. Um, it's, uh, I can deal with his bullshit. <laughs> which I am absolutely certain I'm going to get a bucket load of. Yeah. Uh, okay, um, uh, what, what do I, what do I pack for? Like, I don't know what the weather in Oklahoma is like. It's very warm. Okay. Mostly. Uh, 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 it's probably going to be warmer this time of year, at least. I don't know. Uh, hold on. Let me let Tom, the player, Google this. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Tom? <laughs> um, yeah, it's going to be um high 50s, low 30s in this time of year. Okay. All right. So um, pack for pack for it to be cold. All right. Um, I'm gonna. I'll, uh, okay. I'll call Ro. Uh, I'm gonna make some tea, and I will do some packing. Uh, where do you want to meet? Uh, probably your place because he has a way there. I'll make everybody tea with caffeine. <laughs> Thank you. I'm. Yeah. I'm so sorry. No, I, it's okay. Hey, hey, this is this is what we, family does in emergencies, okay? Thanks, Des. All right, and Albion is going to call Sylvester. Ring, ring, ring. <laughs> <laughs> Albion is going to call him again. <laughs> oh, no, that was me saying ring, ring, ring. I picked up the phone. What's up, Shucklefuck? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, um... It's kind of an emergency, an all-hands-on-deck situation. Um, we need to go to Oklahoma uh, tonight. Pass. And I need your help because my sister's missing. Okay, there. There's a good reason. Because I was about to say, why the fuck is my black ass going to Oklahoma? <laughs> <laughs> and there better be a good fucking reason. Yeah, something's... Uh, God damn it, I think something's happening to the family. Oh, is this a is this a knives out situation or is this like a spooky ghost shit situation? Um, well, I doubt Daniel Craig's gonna be there, so probably spooky ghosts. Mm. Okay, I'll be there. Thank you for your kicking boots. Alrighty. So then, Alvin is going to um go to Rose's house, not Rose up, uh, Ro uh Dez's house. And he will be there about five minutes faster than he should be, because he broke a lot of traffic laws. <laughs> At, like, four in the morning in Burlington, Vermont. Yes. Oh, dear. Okay. So, uh, we have we have the gang assembled at Desdemona's place. It is... Uh, it's still before sunup. And... You you see that Beaumont has also arrived and he has a little a little pixie with him uh that he introduces it's to the group. Uh he introduces oh to the group. He he says, uh, this is uh this is a little uh one of the Fey folk who's going to help with uh getting us to Oklahoma faster. This is our Guide for the morning, uh, Fendra Lilu. Say hello. Hi, Fendra uh, Lilu. Hi there. Can I call you Fen? No! 
<laughs> All right, uh, Fender Lee, I really appreciate you uh, helping on such short notice. Um, uh, what do we what do we owe Fender, Lulu? Warden already gave me payment in pizza. <laughs> this is a fair trade. I thought so. Alvian has a duffel bag, uh, with his choice weapons in it. We will decide what those are when I need to use a fate point for it. Okay. Um, but he does at least have his, um, Gugnir and his Spast 12. That makes enough sense. Um, so, uh, Fendra Lilu, uh, and Warden Beaumont lead you outside, and, uh, the the little the little fairy opens a way clearly much more expertly than Warden Beaumont does because hey guess what it doesn't crunch your flowers this time Des <laughs> oh thank goodness yeah it's almost like uh, this little guy knows how to do this uh, really really effectively um, so uh, you are all of you setting foot in the never-never again. And uh, the last time that any of you have been in the never-never, it's always been to see the librarian. So you make your way through unfamiliar paths. Uh, Fentra Lilu is guiding you through what seems to be a, a cold series of tunnels running under a mountain of some kind. Um, as, uh, anybody who has a good, a high lore might know, and as Beaumont is actually probably explaining to you, uh, that the White Council of Wizards has a, uh, has an arrangement with the Winter Court of the Fae, uh, that there are certain ways that they can use that the Winter Court will help them, uh, with. Uh, this was a provision that was particularly useful during their war against the vampires, and that's where Beaumont kind of stops explaining things. And I don't press him. So, yes, it takes uh, it takes a couple of hours. Like, I'd say it's about a two-hour walk, but given that you are about to exit this walk in Oklahoma, yeah... I feel like you're willing to put up with it. You're damn right. I will say, though, that it does not do anything particularly well for uh, your exhaustion that you will certainly be suffering tomorrow or, well, I guess more accurately today, uh, because you are going to be entering Oklahoma at, well, about 4 a.m. their time, maybe a little later. So, yes, it is still the pre-dawn when you uh, finally exit out of this this sort of tunnel that you've been led through, and uh, Fentra Lilu opens up a way to... Uh, it looks like it's somewhere behind a bus stop in a suburb outside of Oklahoma City. Um, and uh, it... it it looks like it's a, it's out of the way enough that you probably won't attract attention by going through it. Though, you know, with this kind of magical BS, you should probably be on your way pretty quickly so as not to attract any undue attention uh, at all. And uh, 
Fentra, Fentra Lilu, uh, looks at Warren Beaumont and, and says, this one have good pizza place near it. Have more of that for me, Fentra Lilu, <laughs> to lead you back. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, what's, what's the name of the place? And they go over the details. Uh, they work out, uh, the payment for the return trip, etc. Um, and, uh, Warden, like, apologizes for the necessary measures of, like, trapping this little fairy with food <laughs> in the first place, and it seems like they're on decent enough terms now, but, uh, we can get into fairy politics another time. You are now around a bus stop, uh, that will lead into the city of Oklahoma City. You have not been home for some time there, Albion. How does this feel? Very, very bittersweet, because I know the street, I recognize this bus stop, I remember the way the the lights from the city look on the clouds, and I just let out this long sigh as I call Sydney back. Alright, uh, not even, like, a whole ring in, and she's already picking up the phone. Uh, yeah, we're on the, we're at, you're at the, we're at the bus stop by the, uh, YMCA. Uh, I need you to come. Uh, you got a ride or something? How did how did you? Look, you can tell me when I see you. All right, uh, I'll be I'll be by in in what twenty five minutes? Okay. All right. Um, shit's about to get kind of weird, and I will answer questions as we go. It's already pretty fucking weird, Albion. I just I'll see you soon. Click. Yeah. <sighs> Jesus Christ, she's 18 now. That's, a uh, that's fucking scary. So, my family's, uh, I don't, I don't know how much I've told y'all about them, but, uh, I got along fine with mom and dad, I guess, but, um, Sid and I and Abby, we were, uh, we were all real close, and Sid's the one I, uh, told before I left. Ah. Uh-huh. She doesn't know why I left. She just knows I was going to do dangerous shit. It had to do with uh, an incident, which was uh, the first time I used my sight. When um, I was on the bus coming back from a, a away game with the team, and uh, I watched a vampire kill my friend. <laughs> And uh, a few years after that's when I uh, hit the road, and a few years after that, y'all met me. Albion, are you going to be okay? I'm gonna have to be. It's my sister on the line right now. I don't know what's happening, but this is more important than me being okay. Right. Listen, does Sylvester Rowe, I'm sorry for dragging your asses out in the middle of the night. I really am. Also, uh, Beaumont, you too. Under, I get it. Understood. You needed to get here fast. I mean, I didn't have anything better to do. Glad to be part of something. Uh, I'm surprised you were still awake, Ro. Which is what I, I thought you would be a- asleep on your couch in front of a bunch of anime or some shit. But you'd think that. But I was a, uh, I was making nachos. I, I had to explain myself <laughs> to Des already. Can we? Can we just not talk about my sleeping pattern? <laughs> <laughs> I am not one to judge on that. 
All right. Uh, as you're as you're conversing and waiting for uh for your sister to arrive, uh, time passes. It's it's pretty desolate out here. It is you know the morning again, the pre-dawn in February. Uh, you see a janitor is doing some work, just sort of cleaning up around the the bus stop, and uh, he he walks by and he kind of looks at you, Albion. And um, he he just sort of gives you gives you the eye like he's trying to figure out if he recognizes you or not. I'm just gonna kind of look back. I'm not gonna try to hide that it's me. Whatever. I'm I am way too tired and way too worried to care. Okay. Um. Cool. Uh, it's it's somebody that you don't think that you you don't think you know them by name or anything it's just somebody that you may have seen because like they work here and you're familiar enough with this particular location uh like you you know this bus stop so you've probably just seen this person working here before and uh they they sort of look and seem to confirm something uh, with a little nod and uh, just keep walking. And I just look back at his stuff. nod and give him a shrug. And, uh, okay, yeah. This person proceeds to... Uh, he just... He's an older older guy. He just sort of walks along and keeps sweeping and is uh, just whistling a little tune to himself as he does. Because uh, it's early morning janitor work. So, uh, yep, this dude just sort of leaves. And uh, after some time, do you have any more, like, discussion uh, before your sister arrives? Or do you um, just want... I don't... I think I just want to get to the scene where the sister shows up. If Unless other people have questions for Albion about stuff. Mm. No, not really. So after after a kind of quiet period of everyone waiting... Uh, I think there's just some small talk happening. Yeah, there's not much to talk about. Uh, and then eventually a car does pull up. You recognize uh, the vehicle. It is Sydney's. You definitely recognize the person in it more than the car. Dear God, she looks like an adult now. And Albion has to swallow really hard to keep his composure. So uh, it's a pickup truck. It looks like it's secondhand, but it's clean, and there are some obvious bumper stickers uh, c- uh, calling out for track and field and a uh, college and high school alumni. And uh, the person driving it is uh, vaguely um, familiar looking to Albion. Uh, dark hair in a stylish uh, pixie cut, but how much of it is style and how much of it is frantic rumpling? Hard to tell. And uh, she kind of pulls up to you guys and, and, and lowers down the window and, and says, uh, Jesus Christ, is really you. Er. So what you'll notice about Albion that's different is his cheeks seem a little, his cheekbones seem a little pronounced, like he's lost a bit of weight. Uh, he definitely looks like he has and like he's also in vaguely better shape. What you also notice is scars where there didn't used to be. Particularly, there's one on his face that you don't remember there being there before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not 
like a super out there like anime scar, but right. enough that Sid would be like, that wasn't there before. That's new. Hey, Sid. It it really is me. These uh these all your friends? Yeah, this is uh this is my crew. Uh Des, uh Sylvester, Roe, uh Beaumont, this is a uh, this is my sister Sydney. Uh, Beaumont rushes in front of the rest of the group and uh, comes in and shakes your hand and says, oh, uh, yep, hello, uh, my uh, Joseph, you can call me uh, Joseph if you want, or Beaumont, doesn't matter. Uh, we, we caught a red eye to get out here, uh, which is why we're here at the bus stop uh, so fast and so early. Uh, hey, um, what? Uh, hey, so, uh, yeah, we're here to help. What happened? Right. Uh... I don't know how much I believe him about the red eye, because she just called Albion, you know, not even, I'd, I'd say, what, two hours ago? Yes, it was It was between two and three hours ago, so, you know. So I think even if they had gotten, like, on a flight immediately, that's stretching it. But she is not going to question this person and the mysterious circumstances. That is for a private discussion with Albion later. Uh, right. So, um, I guess he called you Beaumont. I'll call you Beaumont. Uh, hi, everybody. Uh, my name's Sydney. Uh, listen, Albion, I, I was just getting some studying done, and I couldn't, I, I couldn't get back to sleep, and I heard something, and I went to go look in on, on Abby, you know, because, right, maybe I'm a little paranoid, okay, but I, I'm always worried about Abby, and, and she wasn't there. Um, I mean, she wasn't in her room. And, I, I, I mean, I, I, I don't know where she went, alright? Like, her window was open, and I thought maybe she went out the window, but that's crazy, because we're in the second floor, and, but, I mean, you know, she wasn't in her room, she wasn't around the house, and I, I swear, I, I, I swear, I thought I heard your voice. And I... That is very troubling. Um, we need to get to the house, but um, I'm probably... I'm going to hope Mom and Dad don't wake up, because I do not have time to talk to them or to explain to them where Abby is. Well... See, here's the problem. Uh, and she kind of just uh, pats the car. You know, I... I I had to leave to pick you up, and this baby oh doesn't God. really purr. Oh my God. So they're awake at home. Oh my God. Oh, Jesus Christ. They're awake oh. at home, and they know Abby is missing. God damn it. Odin, preserve us. I am gonna fucking... Alright. I'm gonna need y'all to back me up, because... I am not emotionally fucking prepared for the fallout of what is, this is gonna be. So, all right, let's let's face that. Speaking of uh, speaking of backup, um, I do not have enough seats in my truck for all y'all. So, I'm sorry about that. Yeah, who's riding on the back? Okay. I mean, I can go in the back. I mean, I'll fucking do it. One hundred percent. All right, Rosa, enthusiastic volunteer. Uh, Beaumont agrees to sit back there with the two of you. All right. 
Uh, we gotta leave the back window open so I can, you know, keep talking. And Albion puts his, um, his, uh, duffel in the back, and there is the sound that I bet Sydney would recognize as the clatter of firearms. <laughs> I'm sure we're a hunting family. But I'm not gonna question how that got through airplane customs either. <laughs> that was that sure was a, a, a red eye he sure darn took with those guns. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not questioning it. Not the time. Right now, Sydney thinks that Beaumont must be part of some criminal shit. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Love it. Um uh, yeah, as you are, uh, as you're riding and making your way back to, uh, back to your old home, Albion. Um, at a certain point, Beaumont, uh, closes the window to the cab, and yeah. uh, looks looks at you and Roe and says, "You know, if you, if you don't want to have to explain." extra stuff I mean like Ro could just kind of hide you <laughs> I mean yeah how would we explain you know Sylvester and Des and me and you and how would we explain Sydney having told my family that I'm here which I'm sure probably happened since oh. she had to explain why she was taken to the car the the impression I got was just that the the car woke them up. I don't know if Sydney actually had a conversation about that. So let's act under the assumption that it didn't happen. And can you can you just suggest to your your sister that you park a little off, like a couple streets away, maybe? I mean, I'll try, but I can't promise anything. Well, so what would be the plan. But how would we explain that to Sydney, though? I mean, she's your sister. I don't know. that. You, like, you're trying to find clues and you don't want to have a complicated conversation with your family to make it more difficult? <sighs> Albert's gonna open the window. Hey, Sid, did you tell the folks that I'm here? No. I figured that was something you didn't want, considering you haven't talked to them at all for fuck ever. <laughs> I told them I was looking for Abby. Park a few streets away then. We'll we'll figure it out. Fine. Which she does. You know, there's no no fussing or anything. She's kind of there's a, a tension, but she's just gonna run with it because she'll do anything to help find Abby and if this whatever. Go for it. Let no skin off her nose to park two few streets away. All right, okay. and we get there, and Albion is going to try to get closer to the house and see what he can see with the sight. I would like everyone to make me an alertness roll. Uh, specifically, actually, I specifically need Albion and Sydney to make an alertness roll. All right. And All right, that is, is four. I hit a five. Well, I got, uh, let's see, uh, a minus two on the fate dice, but at least my alertness is a three, so a one. 
Okay. Well, uh, it is Albion that picks up any of these details. Um, so, yeah, it's it's not especially busy at this time, uh, and, you know, in your neighborhood. I, I assume that you're kind of in a, a, a suburb, a suburban area, uh, more so than inside the city proper. Is that correct? Yeah, we're not in the city. We're outside the city. Yeah. Uh, so that yeah, that makes sense. Uh, you got some people that you can tell are are leaving for work, like heading into the city for you know to start a shift, and um, yeah, you, you uh you see, actually, I'll I'll say everybody make me that alertness roll, and the target is four, two minus one, minus one. <laughs> awesome. So again, only Albion is the one that notices. Uh, one of these vehicles that, uh, drives past your truck, you, you feel like it's, you feel like you've seen that car pass your truck once before. Oh my god, no. I know what this is. Son of a fucking bitch. Sid, turn around. Follow that fucking car. What? What? Wait, what? Now? Hey, Ro, remember that friend we made in Vermont when we met? You're joking. I fucking wish I was. <sighs> God damn it. Friend, <sighs> what, what's going on? And I'm like, I'm turning the car around, but I'm not like breaking any speed laws or anything. I'm just kind of doot, 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 driving responsibly. It's, it's very complicated. No shit, Albion. All of this is fucking complicated. Maybe Just, you should start uncomplicating it for me. All right. Uh, As I, you're arguing, the uh, the car takes a right, uh, and it puts its signal on very late. So uh, in order to effectively follow, I'm going to need you to make a driving roll of one. Okay, well, let's do it. Oh, okay. Well, I I got I got minus two. Oh, so, okay. You've got fate uh, points. I I do. I was just about to ask. Uh, so the fate points I have are the base refresh level that I have. Is that correct? It's actually the adjusted refresh. So you have two to start. I have two points. Okay, cool. So at this at this point, um, you would need to spend two fate points, both of the ones that you currently have, in order to. Uh, like not not lose a bunch of distance on this particular vehicle. Uh, Would I be able to um assist by like pointing out that it was turning? Um, I'm gonna say that in this case, uh, if you choose to not make this particular roll, it's just very obvious that you are deliberately following this car. Uh, all right, no, uh, it's too soon for me to use my fate points. And I think Sid doesn't realize, like, you know, what the fuck is going on. So she's going to follow it, but she's not exactly experienced in subtly tailing people, you know? Yeah, so this is, this is just, like, pure instinct and adrenaline. This is like following your friend to the meetup place. Like, hey, let's go meet up at this bar. I'll follow you. Yeah, and your friend is bad at signaling. So you hear... Uh, those of you in the trunk kind of get 
uh, slammed up against uh, one side of the pickup bed as Sid suddenly makes a sharp turn uh, that you were not really expecting uh, because the car ahead had not really signaled. And um, so you just you hear a bit of tire squeal as you have to make this corner real hard. Uh, and the uh, the car this time uh, it it continues and then it makes another really sudden left turn at a four way intersection. Uh, this intersection does have a stop sign, but it is not stopping. Um, how are you reacting? And I will have you make a roll based on that reaction. OK, uh, Albion told me to follow them. And I'm really worried about Abby, but it's not also it's not like speeding away. It just takes the left without stopping. But I also like I'm driving a pickup truck. There are people in the back without seatbelts. So I'm going to follow, but I'm going to follow traffic laws. I'm actually going to stop because I really don't want people to get hurt. And until Albion's like fucking follow them, she's not going to put them at risk. Oh no, he's he's not tell, he's not yelling. He's just like, "All right, Sydney, listen. I the person in that car, if I'm right, is incredibly dangerous and has a grudge on me because of because I shot them once." <laughs> what? So as as you are uh as you're going through that intersection, um you see that the car has moved several car lengths further ahead of you. But then they throw on they then they throw on their side uh, their right blinker when it's not a right turn. It looks like they're pulling off to the side of the road. Um, cool. I'm going to start turning after them, and I'm just going to say as I'm driving up and be like, "Albion, do they have Abby?" I suspect he might, but I don't know for sure. Stay in the car for now. Fuck that. Albion has already hopped off the trunk and is walking towards the car. I'm, like, parking it. But the car is running. I'm asking if it's, uh, hey, GM, is it who I think it is? Well, uh, as you are approaching, you see that the, the vehicle has Oklahoma license plates. And, uh, it looks as though the person getting out of the vehicle is an older gentleman and you have this realization that you recognize this person from growing up here this is one of your neighbors at least you know they're in the relative same neighborhood as you and also they were your fifth grade teacher fuck it is mr giuseppe and he uh, he gets out of his car and he just he looks and says, oh, hey, oh, it's the Graveses. Oh, I'm sorry. I I thought I recognized one of my former students and I had to drive by again to see if you it was you. I always tried to get to school a little early, so I thought I had a little time for some whimsy. How are you doing? What brings you to town? Making mistakes, apparently. Jesus fucking Christ. I'm assumed that I walked in at this point of the conversation because I was going to chase after Albion. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would love for Albion to just make me an empathy roll right now. All right. That is only a one, but I have so many fate points stocked up. Okay, well. I have protective streak a mile long. I have um, hard traveling, magic dabbling, gunslinging, monster hunter. So I'm going to tag both of those. Okay. Uh, well, I will tell you that in this particular instance, um, to get to get a, to get a certain piece of information, your target is actually a six. All right. In that case, I'm going to tag. I think I'm going to tag Odin, Blessed Stalker of Shadows. So explain these aspect tags to me real quick. Well, hard traveling, magic dabbling, gunslinging, monster hunter. I've been around the block several times now, and by block I mean country. And I have learned, have been able to learn uh, a lot of monsters like to lie. So I have started to get good at telling when someone's bullshitting me. Odin, blessed stalker of shadows. I'm on the hunt right now. Something took my sister. It's the sh- like I am steeped in shadow because it is like the gloaming or whatever. And um, I'm putting my faith in Odin to uh, help me get to where I need to be and to find my sibling. And um, protector speak a mile long. I feel like that one explains itself. Self-explanatory. Okay. Well, uh, with one shift of success, uh, you get a you get an immediate read from your old fifth grade teacher uh, that perhaps. Uh, something in what he's saying is not ringing exactly true. Uh, you you feel you feel a little odd about something that he's he's explaining, and you you can't quite put your finger on it. Well, Mister Giuseppe, um, I just happened to uh be back in the area, and damnedest thing, uh, my little sister Abby. I don't know if you remember her from uh, back when I was in your class. She was just a little scoop back then, but uh, she just happens to uh happens to have wandered out. And now, normally, I wouldn't be super concerned about that kind of thing, but she's uh she she's just a kid, and uh, we're just out trying to see if she's doing something stupid. She's not answering her phone. I don't know, but you know, adolescent drama or whatever. So uh. I'm sorry if we seem on edge, but, uh, you know, kids. Oh, well, uh, okay. Well, uh, do I, uh, do you want me to keep an eye out for, uh, for your sister? Have you seen her? Well, I, I have seen your sister, but, um, I haven't seen her in the past, what, few minutes? All right. Now, you sure? I mean... It it is dark. You might have you ain't seen any youngster wandering about or nothing. I haven't seen. Uh, okay, maybe I have, but it's not been it's not been Abigail. I remember what your sister looks like. All right. Well, there's a lot you know, of young people in the neighborhood, though. So who knows? Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, we're gonna keep looking. I'm sorry for pestering you. But yeah, you, you do me a favor, you keep an eye out. You, uh, we'll, we'll be, um, it's your, just give me your cell phone number, I'll give you a call, and so we can cross-check notes in a little bit. 
Oh, uh, why don't you give? Uh, why don't you give me yours? Uh, then I can call you with uh, anything I got. You know, it'll be an Oklahoma number. You'll know it's me. Yeah. Um, Albion has a burner phone on him, probably. So, uh, I'm gonna. He's gonna give him one of his burner numbers. Okay. Great. So he. And as soon as he turns, as soon as he turns around and starts walking back to his car, I'm opening the fucking site. Uh, okay. You're you're going right for right for that, huh? Yeah. Okay. Um, I was wondering. Yes. While this was going on, uh, earlier Albion had spoken to Roe about, "Hey, remember that guy? Shop, blah blah blah." Before we realized it was Mister Giuseppe. Yes. I was wondering if I could have a moment where, like, Sid would lean over to Ro and be like, so, who did he shoot? Because <laughs> <laughs> this is a long conversation to be happening, and I'm supposed to just sit in the car while, oh, that's Mr. Giuseppe. You know, like, I feel like something would be going on in the background here, and I'm very curious. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I'm super down for this conversation. So... Um, it's kind of a very long story, but Albion and I met under very interesting circumstances. Um, he saved me from a, I would say, dangerous individual while I was working. Um, and, you know, he just shot him a little so we could leave the dangerous <laughs> situation. <laughs> just a little shooting. Yeah, just a smidge. A little gun wound. No, no big deal. A flesh wound. Not a big deal. Okay. That sounds, that sounds like it. And, and um... <laughs> did y'all also meet my big brother through strange and mysterious circumstances, and she's just gonna kind of toss a look from Dez to Sylvester to Beaumont? No, we met in group. <laughs> group? Yeah, group. <laughs> No elaboration. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Looks at Des and Beaumont. <laughs> uh, we met at a Renaissance fair. He came to me for a reading. A reading? I'm a psychic medium. Oh shit, no really? Yes, really. So And uh and I met him at a sandwich shop. So we've got sandwich shop, mm -hmm. dangerous person, group, Renfair. Albion yeah. gets around. Pretty much. Right. <laughs> and you, you, she's just going to roll her eyes and, 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 and just pat Roe and be like, yeah, you're the only one I fucking believe. She doesn't say <laughs> that, but it's in her eyes. <laughs> 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 um, and then goes back to watching, you know, Albion and be like, that's, that's Mr. Giuseppe. That's not the guy you, you guys, like, he didn't shoot Mr. Giuseppe, did he? Not to my knowledge. I don't know who that is. <laughs> yeah, that's what he said. Hey everybody, it's Michael, your Game Master, your very relieved person, and also still very tired, still getting over all of that, the 
technical difficulties that pushed back uh, the last episode or so, and uh, also everything else. But uh, hey, let's take a deep breath and a quick sigh of relief. I know I did that about a thousand times already. Whew. Thank you for listening to the episode, and especially a huge thanks to our special guest, Vero Herrera. Uh, you can check them out as Anastasia the Blood Hunter on the podcast Discount Dungeons every other Wednesday. Hmm, an actual play podcast that releases every other Wednesday? What a novel concept! This week, I want to talk to you about something very close to me. Literally, physically close to me at all times. Glasses. Glasses are on my face. And you might also need glasses on your face. And you can get those glasses in pretty much the only socially distant acceptable manner of doing so right now, which is from iBuyDirect, which is an online retailer that manufactures their own line of fashionable frames at affordable prices. Because glasses are not just about, you know, seeing and interacting with the world around you. They're also something David Bowie cares deeply about. Fashion. That was a... he had a song. Anyway, um, you can go visit our link at ibuydirect.sjv.io slash ppn. That's ibuydirect. E-Y-E-B-U-Y-D-I-R-E-C-T dot S-J-V dot I-O slash P-P-N. Get your face looking real good so you can see other people's faces real good. You can have that tagline for free. I, I don't think I could sell that. Thanks as ever to the Pocket Podcast Network for hosting our show, as well as other great shows like No Dice and Home Viewing and Steampunks. Just a cool variety of interesting, fun shows. I have particularly enjoyed uh, hearing John and Bethany rant and rave about movies that maybe they don't enjoy, or they do sometimes enjoy. They have a lot of movies. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at GMMCast, and please do that if you're listening to us. Just go open up a browser and do that. Pull your car over. Do that thing. If you're listening to this episode right now, t tweet about it. Tweet, it. tweet at us. Tweet at us with the hashtag GMMCast, because we rely entirely on word of mouth to promote the show. We're also doing a Q&A bonus episode for our one-year anniversary, which is coming up on January 1st. So tweet any questions you have for the cast and crew with the hashtag AskGMMCast, or drop in our Discord server where we actually have a special channel just for Q&A questions. We also do weekly Jackbox Party Pack streams. Uh, we got some folks that are probably going to start streaming other games like Among Us because everybody's doing it. And I mean, it's it's a good game. I think that's just about enough for me. Thank you again for listening. And let's get back to the episode. Hey, Alex, you love Harry Potter, right? Yeah. Want to listen to a new Harry Potter podcast? No. Oh, 
But Sorted is not a Harry Potter podcast, but instead a podcast about everything else viewed through the lens of Harry Potter. Ooh, what does that mean? It means we're gonna sort things. Ash Ketchum's a Slytherin. Shrek's a Gryffindor. Your dog is a Hufflepuff. And all Ravenclaws are robots. Come check out Sorted, not a Harry Potter podcast. On the Pocket Podcast Network. So, um, as you are preparing to open the site, I am going to need you to make me... I'm actually going to need you to make me an athletics roll, and the target of that athletics roll is a... Uh, it's a four, and it is restricted by alertness, which is also a four. Jesus. Well, my alertness is plus three, so... And my athletics is only plus two. Uh, I hit a four for alertness. Okay, so the restriction uh, does not hamper your ability. All right, and my athletics roll is a... Uh, that's a five, actually. I rolled three pluses. Nice. Okay, so... Uh, as you are preparing to open the site to take a look and act on your instinct of I'm just going to use this ability that I have, uh, you your feet shift a little bit as you realize you're standing on a patch of black ice. And you are uh, that you you didn't realize was there before and um, you are able to catch yourself. You don't actually fall or anything so you you're you're able to keep standing but you now realize that you are standing on some black ice on the pavement all right and it wasn't there before uh you can't say for sure because it is still dark cool i'm gonna step off of it and i'm going to i'm gonna do the site i i now i'm something feels even weirder about this okay uh, Mr. Giuseppe is stepping back into his vehicle, and, uh, as you flip open the site, I am going to need you to make me your discipline roll first. Uh, before I even describe anything to you, and the target on that is going to be an eight. Oh, Jesus Christ. Man, he wants you to burn those points, bro. He really does. So four pluses, that gets me to a six. It's not high enough. Jesus Christ. And, um... The dice want you to have this. I'm going to mm -hmm. tag Protective Streak a mile long. Okay. So you're not going to take actual mental damage in order to, uh, to see what you're seeing. And you will be able to close the site on the next exchange. And uh, the lore is going to have to be the same role. Uh, right now, though, uh, you, there is something that you can make out of this. And you don't know. I don't know if you'll be able to interpret it correctly. Is that there is there is so much pain. Just just so much pain. Uh, in what you are seeing in front of you around this person getting into their vehicle. Uh, and what that means, you don't know until you make a lore roll. Target eight. All right. Um, shit. That's only a four. I am going to tag 
um, hard traveling magic deviling gunslinging monster hunter to give myself a plus two uh, because I've been doing this for a while and um, I I mean I got to see Mr. Jack and understand what that meant <laughs> so that's where I'm at and um, I went from having eight points to having two <laughs> I was about to ask how many goddamn fate points you had I hadn't used any in the other in the previous episodes, so I'm going to tag uh, and I'm going to tag Protective Streak a mile long again because I am fighting through this to figure out what the hell is going on with my sister. Okay, I am going to offer you a fate point, and I'm going to I'm going to offer you a fate point to actually compel not your trouble aspect, as it would turn out. I'm going to compel your high concept. Oh, shit. You're tapping into something that comes from your faith in Odin. Odin who sees and only has the one eye. You're going to suffer a temporary physical setback for making this a successful role. You will get a fate point for it. I'll take it. Okay. You concentrate your mental energies and you you take this faith you have in Odin, the All-Father, the All-Seeing, to understand what you're looking at. And it pierces through this veil of obscurity and you realize that this cloud of pain is because this individual is getting into a car and cars are made of metal like steel you know something you might call cold iron worked steel so yeah it's clear from this cloud of pain that this this creature is voluntarily sitting on top of functionally a nuclear device for them, like a nuclear bomb waiting to explode, because this is a fey. You know that this is some kind of fey. And are you going to close the site? Yep. Okay. Um, as you close the site, you suddenly realize you don't have any depth perception. Yeah, my right eye. Um, there's gonna be like a little tear of blood running down my right eye. You wave your hand in front of your face and realize that instead of seeing two images that make sense to your brain as one, it's one flat image in front of your face and the nose, your nose is sitting on the right side of your face. You're blind in your right eye. All right. Is this permanent? You don't know. All right. Albion is going to just take a deep, painful breath and then march forward and just catch the doors. It's about to close. Uh, hello? Let's cut the bullshit, shall we? What? Uh, uh, I'm sorry? I want you to take your hand and put it on the roof of your car. Sydney sees Albion going to Mr. Giuseppe's car, and she, she's like, something's happened. She's gonna want to get out of hers. Yeah, um, 
you all, uh, if any of you are paying attention to this, you can realize that Albion is definitely marching toward this person. Yeah, so Sydney's like, something's going on, and she's getting out of the car. It's parked, but it's not turned off. You can put your hand on the roof of the car, or I can tell my friend, with cold iron on his boots, to come and tap you with his foot. Mr. Giuseppe just looks at you and, and says, it just it looks at you with a, as much of a look of confusion as he can muster on his face, just gently sets his hand gingerly on the roof of his car and holds it there. And um, then uh, after keeping it there for a couple seconds, takes it away and says, is this, is this like one of those science experiments you weren't Show super me good your at? hand. Uh, he shows you his hand, and it looks fine. It looks like a hand. Yeah. I'm gonna take his hand, I'm just gonna put it on the roof of the car again. Uh, hey, I don't know, okay, this is really uncomfortable, um, that you are grabbing me? I don't know, is this a joke? Giuseppe, I cut the bullshit. Um, I don't know if you know where I've been. Or what I've done. But I have done a lot of things. I have seen a lot of things. And I know what you are. You can pretend. I don't care if you're winter court, summer court. I don't know what the shit it is. But I know you're fae. And I know you're getting into a bunch of cold iron. And I don't know how you're keeping a fucking straight face right now. But you can cut. The bullshit! Albion, what's going on? Um, Mr. Giuseppe looks at you, and, uh, he sort of awkwardly positions his body because you are holding his hand against the car, uh, and he gets up so that his face is right near, is getting close enough to you that he can actually... He can see that a blood vessel in my right eye has burst and it is just red. Yeah, uh, he's he's now close enough to you that um, he he can whisper if he wants so that yep. no one else has to hear what he is saying and um, he does. Uh, he He whispers in your ear, clever clever trick that and uh, I need you to make me an athletics roll to defend against a seven. All right. I'm probably going to have to take this hit. That is a four. Okay. Because this is a maneuver um, faster than you have any real chance to react to. Uh, Mr. Giuseppe has used one of his free arm and has stuffed it right into your solar plexus and is the force of his punch is such that it sends you flying like you're not going to take physical injury from this surprisingly enough you are going to take a temporary uh, aspect, of course, that you are winded and prone, um, and faster than you can really react to, uh, he has used this punch to just shove you several feet away and onto the ground. 
and uh, his car, you realize, is still running. He never actually turned it off to talk to you, and it hauls ass and starts speeding away. Can I can I do a spell? You certainly can. Des is going to try to cast Laganta. Are you going to try to root the car? Oh yeah. Okay. Um. And what is the what's the number of shifts uh, that that conjures? It's a three. Okay. Great. Uh, roll your discipline to control that power, and I will roll a I'll roll something against that to see what happens. Five. Okay. Uh, you have controlled it. And I'm ruling this as a driving role for uh, Mr. Giuseppe driving away. And that's not going to beat your three. So the aspect stays. The aspect is on there and it is uh, rooted in place, which uh, he is. You can hear the engine is struggling against these this this sort of grasping ectoplasmic force. Uh, I assume that it's a bunch of sort of ghostly hands that have sort of hugged the front of the car. Yep. Okay. And Jesus uh, so certainly seeing that. So this is not necessarily in view of everyone else because it is the front, like it's grabbing like the front bumper and the front uh, grill of, of the vehicle, which is pointed away from all of you. But the car has its tires squealing and it's not moving in the way that you one might expect. Uh everybody let's let's make this initiative order, I believe. Okay. So. My alertness is plus three. Uh, Two. mine is also a three. Mine's also a three. And what's the alertness for the butt doctor? Two. Two, okay. I'm going to go with uh, whenever we get to the group of three, we let you I'll let you guys choose who wants to act in what sequence. Uh, yeah, uh, I'd say it makes sense for Albion to be the first one. Uh, OK, well, you are going to have to recover from that aspect that got put on you. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to have you make an endurance roll against the strength of the aspect that was placed on you and the difference in shifts was three so it's an endurance roll of three i just have to not roll the minus and i make this my endurance is plus three i do not have a minus i make it okay so great um you can't do a supplemental action with that because it would force your main action to be at a minus one if you want to make this so uh, you can spend your whole turn making making it up off of the ground and onto your feet and able to act on subsequent rounds. Yeah, and I'm drawing Gugnir, and I am yelling uh, uh, for um, Roe to grab me my cold iron rod from the bag and for Sylvester to come out here and get ready to kick someone. <laughs> All right. And those should be enough. Finally. To get the idea of what we're dealing with. Just so that you are aware, before you were able to get up, uh, the vehicle was struggling and straining to move forward again. Um, And um, after a moment of this, as you're making your way up, you can see that uh, the wheels have stopped spinning. 
and you don't know what is going to happen next there, but you do know that uh, their their attempts to make the car move have stopped. And now, between Sydney and Roe, who would like to act next? Um, I would like to say that the moment I, you know, started getting out of the car, because Albion was marching towards this dude, and then suddenly Albion flew through the air, so I'm first thing I'm going to do is run to my brother, you know, and move to his side and just be like, holy shit, Albion, are you okay? But then, like, the car is not going so. Like, my my turn is basically me running to Albion and seeing all this madness start to happen. I told you it was going to get weird. And you, Albion looks at you and you see his red eye is just complete. His right eye is now just completely red from the blood vessel bursting. It's red, and then you can see the blue of his iris, and you see this trickle of blood running down the side of his face. It's about to get real fucking weird. Whatever happens, Sydney, whatever happens, stay close, stay behind me. I think it's a row turn now, isn't it? Absolutely. Roe runs toward Albion with his rod thing. I already forgot what I'm getting. Uh- <laughs> it's a cold iron rod. It's an iron rod. Oh, uh, so Ro grabs that with her sleeves because she's not touching that with her hands. Um, I forgot she's a fae too. <laughs> Fuck. I'm such an well, asshole. <laughs> I mean, she's not, though. She's actually not. Yeah, she's really not. So she's a changeling. Yeah, it's still her catch. Yeah, that is my catch. So I'm going to grab it with my sleeves and kind of toss it towards Albion. Very careful not to touch it on my skin. We've got spare yes. work gloves, you know. Yeah, we don't have time to put on gloves. <laughs> I put on, I put on gloves. <laughs> that, that'll be on your turn. There's always time to put on gloves. <laughs> God damn it! You are a doctor, so yes, you would have that opinion. Jesus Christ. Uh, okay, Ro. Um, are you doing anything else on your on your turn, um, or was that your main action and you're good? That was that was the big thing. I think I'm gonna just have one of the guns, and it's I have a gun. <laughs> okay, you are arming up in this Oklahoma City suburb. Absolutely, baby's got a gun. <laughs> <laughs> so we're in the two initiatives. Uh, who wants to go first, Des or Sylvester? Me. I mean, I started it, so if Sylvester wants to Me. go first. <laughs> Okay, yeah. uh, Sylvester, what are you planning to do uh, for your your turn? Uh, I'll run up and kick the thing. So, <laughs> uh, so just so that you are aware, um, Mr. Giuseppe is not in the same zone as you. Okay. Because he did try to speed away. So you would have to do a sprint and then whatever your main action on top of that, probably a fists roll would be at a minus one for the supplemental action of the sprint. So, uh, to get there, it's going to be two. Uh, it's going to be an athletics roll of two because it's one zone. And there's also the one difficulty of it is kind of icy. Okay. So athletics first. Yeah. Uh, that's a three. Okay, you are able to deftly maneuver yourself to where you want to be. And I assume where you want to be is next to the vehicle 
with the door that has uh, the door that is ajar? Yes. Okay, and describe your primary action of this round. Uh, wait, is the thing a car, or is it a guy driving a car, or what? It's a it's a fay in a car. Oh, um, I guess I'm going to put my foot in his face. So a fists roll. Yeah. <laughs> and okay. Um. Uh, hmm. Yeah, just a fist roll. <laughs> okay. Well, he's going to be restricted by something. Uh, six. Ow. Uh, okay, so he has rolled a five. Oh, wow. wow. Uh, which means that you do, in fact, connect, and um, you are dealing some damage. So, boot. Uh, you, you have given my favorite gift, uh, my favorite inheritance to bequeath, a boot to the head. <laughs> we're gonna give another one to Jenny and the Wimp soon enough. Yes. So uh covering my head. What flavor is it? <laughs> boot to the head. Uh okay. <laughs> so you you boot Mr. Giuseppe, a person that you have just met, in the head. Uh on the word of Albion that he is a fan. I'm also gonna say so... son motherfucker as I do it. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. So, Classic uh, Sylvester. Yay. So a black guy half his age has just run up and gone, sup, motherfucker, and kicked him in the face. Um, <laughs> and it hurts. Uh, it looks it looks like this hurts about as much, because it's an awkward angle for you to be kicking in. Yeah. Um, it, it's, a, it's a sidekick. Yeah, it looks like it actually hurts him the amount that one would expect a boot kick to hurt somebody. Uh, so if there was a supernatural uh, toughness that you are bypassing, well, then you bypassed it. But you can't be sure because y you are just working off of Albion's word that that's the way it is. Yep. But it looks like it hurt the correct amount. So, ow. <laughs> looked hurt, Ballard, it looked like it hurt the right amount. It's okay. Yeah, Yay. it hurt the correct amount. Yay. Uh. And speaking of, of it hurting the correct amount, uh, it is now Mr. Giuseppe's turn. Oh, no. Oh, dear. Yes. So, so Mr. Giuseppe is not a fan of the fact that you have just kicked him in the face. And he, uh, he very quickly sizes you up, looks you up and down, and... You are going to have to make an athletics roll against him. Uh, no, because I won't. He is, uh, yes, actually, because he's not attacking with fists. Oh. So this is this is an actual athletic contest that is happening uh, in this particular case. Um, so it's not a dodge. He is. It is it's not a dodge that you're doing in this particular instance. So let's roll contested athletics. Yes. Three. Okay. He hit a six. Of course he fucking did. So what is happening is he is attempting to actually move like quickly act and move past you, and in doing so push you to the ground so that he has free space to uh, sort of vault over you. 
Is it a magic thing or is it just a push? Well, it seems to be happening very fast. Okay. So uh, like with with what you might call supernatural speed. Okay. So can I use today ancient day spell cakes? Oh no, I can't really do that. Now I can only use fists with that. So no, I can't use that. Ah. So are you going to use any fate points, or are you going to allow this to occur? Because uh, you won't take damage from it. Uh, you know what? Yeah, I'll spend fate points. How many do I have? Like 12? Um, you have a few. Okay. So are you going to spend two? Yes. Okay. What aspects are you tagging to resist this particular maneuver? Uh, I guess life is just a ride because I'm going to grab him by his leg as he tries to vault over or whatever. Okay. Gonna gonna give him a bit of a hug. Yeah. And uh you you are still one shift shy of succeeding, so you're gonna need to tag another aspect if you wanna if you wanna keep him from doing this. Uh aim low then go high, because I'm gonna punch him in the balls. <laughs> <laughs> I mean aim low then go high, I think is is completely fine here. because... Uh, you're you're used to kind of dirty fighting, and this is this is somebody who's clearly trying to pull some dirty fighting on you. So you're not gonna let that stand. Yeah, I'm used to punching Sam in the legs when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> I can't even say I'm surprised. So, um, so this uh, this Mr. Giuseppe guy moves faster than a human person should be able to move. And he seems to be attempting to bowl you over and uh, run past you. So he does not bowl you over. Uh, he, in fact, kind of manages to scoot past you, but in a very awkward sort of leapfrogging way uh, that does not knock you over. You are still up and you're still uh, fine and able to, to act with no, no penalty in the future. But um, he has sort of done a, a kind of like a spring bound over you. And he sort of stops and plants uh, in place after doing this and just looks at you and uh, just kind of has a curious look. And he's like, oh, huh. And uh, turns to try to run. And uh, it is now Albion or Sydney or Roe. Do, do I not get a turn? Oh, I'm sorry. We skipped Des. Yeah, what the hell? How? The best Des character. Is the MVP. <laughs> the best character. Des. Hello. We're gonna put Des's action in now, and you get us. You get two actions this round. I apologize. Also, like, is Warden Beaumont fighting? Uh, Warden Beaumont is present, but uh, he is he actually will be entering initiative this round. Okay. All right. Um. So he's running then. He seems to be trying to run, yes. Um, I I was going to try something else, but I think I, I want to stop him instead. So I'm just going to cast Leganta again. I mean, she's going to try to, like, get out of the car and try to maneuver over the ice, but she's going to take her time, but she's going to cast Leganta at this guy to try to get him just to stop. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, this is, this is uh, you're trying to root this person to the ground with that same spectral kind of energy. Yep. Okay, fair enough. Uh, make your discipline roll. Two. Ooh. 
I have fate points I can use. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do I need? What do I need to hit? To summon the power, you have to hit three, and you are one. Oh, shot. okay. So I just need I just need to tag one thing then. Okay. All right. So, so we're just gonna tag. So I will tell you, yeah. you can take it as backlash if you wanted, and it would be just one physical stress to make up the difference. Um. No, I'm gonna tag a fate point. Okay. We're gonna tag. We're gonna tag. Hey, I can actually do this. Okay, great. Um, you you do, and you're casting this as a rote. You said. Yep. Okay, so it is three that he has to defend against. Um, cool. He defended with a six. Oh no. And because you're casting it as a rote, you can't actually change the power of it. So the defense succeeds. Dang. So, um, this, this, this spectral energy of whatever spirits are in the area seems to be sort of grasping into the space where this person is, but, um, Mr. Giuseppe's form is a little liquid here. Seems like he's just sort of matrix dodging here, uh, and continues to move unhindered. Dang. Now, however, it is Warden Beaumont. And Warden Beaumont uh it is going to go is going to go up to Sydney and is going to uh he's going to like put his hands in front of your face. <laughs> uh and he's uh and he goes and makes a hand gesture that some of you recognize uh as basically he's doing some magic uh and it you can see that there's this sort of purple uh sort of like purple translucent force that is creating itself in front of Mr. Giuseppe uh to attempt to uh block his movement Beaumont you can tell has to uh, struggle extra hard on this one um, because it, it should not work against this particular individual. Um, but uh, it, it, he he says something that uh, is is basically it's like Bigby's grasping hand, but if you set it backwards, like in reverse, and uh, this big old spectral purple hand goes yoink and grabs on to this dude um and he is not moving right now and his hand is still very much in front of your face sydney uh for whatever that does i i am not able to absorb what's going on at all there, yeah. this is all fucking madness and i literally have Nothing I can do. Just stick by Albion. I don't have... I, I mean, maybe pull out my phone, but I mean, that's just because we're trained at a young age to be like, call the police or call 911. So, like, maybe I pulled out my phone, but I literally have no idea what to do right now. Okay. I will point out to the DM, she has a trouble aspect that seems fitting for this very situation. Uh, it's, it's true, and, um, I, I do believe that you should get a fate point for being in the middle of this situation that you just truly are not able to process at this moment. 
So you get a fate point. Hooray! Yay! Because I right. need me some currency. All Albion right. is going to take the rod and just walk like the slow, angry power walk. Or like, and he's just going to march towards him and just take the rod and try and just do what he did to that vampire back in the day. Get behind him and pull the rod so that it is around his neck and he is wrenching it back to pin him in place. Okay, so you're trying to put an aspect on this person? Yeah. Okay. Go for it. Are you, uh, what, what skill are you using here? Um, I would say probably weapons. Okay, I, alright, I'll contest that with this then. Cool, go for it. Alright, that is a six. I rolled all four pluses. Great. Um, amazingly, they rolled a five. Cool. So, what is this aspect that you are, are doing? Um, I'm just gonna say, uh, choke on it, bitch, is the aspect. So you are attempting to choke him. Yeah, and hold it in place. Okay. With uh, a cold iron rod right to his neck. Okay. I think at that point, then, uh, Beaumont is going to, like, freely let go of his own magical energy. Um, and now anybody else in that initiative order uh, on row three, Sydney or row, you can do whatever you want. Um, the one thing I do want to do is I'm just going to go, Now I know you, Faye, can't lie. So I know you've been telling me technical lies. You ain't seen her in the past few minutes. I know you've seen my sister. Where is she? Who's acting next? Um, I will. The vehicle he's driving, what kind of car is it? It is a two-door sedan. It is not a new car. Uh, it's it's a mid two thousands kind of, kind a bit of a clunker at this point, but you know it's serviceable. Okay, I would like to break into his car and see if Abigail's in there. Okay, where in are you trying to like break into the trunk? Um, yes, the trunk because I would assume that I could see into the car, and she's yeah. not there, so trunk. So your instinct is trunk. Okay, uh, this is definitely going to be a burglary roll, and I'm going to say that this is a target of two. That's a five. Ro is going to do some crimes. It's Ro! Crime. <laughs> oh my god. Ro does crimes. That's um, me. Okay. So you pop the trunk of this vehicle, and there is... An Abigail. At least you assume it's an Abigail. Oh. And um, <laughs> as uh, this, you see a person who is clearly yelling for help. And you cannot hear it. Oh, it, it, it seems as though this person like they're they're obviously displacing all of the air necessary to be yelling and shouting but it is completely silent. Um, and uh, hmm. in, 
in that moment, uh, you you hear some sounds start coming out of Mr. Giuseppe's mouth instead that sound like Albion and Sydney. It sounds exactly like Abigail's voice. I'm just going to start pulling back harder. Well, those sounds get choked. Yeah, and I'm just going to press my lips to his ear. I'm going to let you breathe long enough to explain what the fuck you want. And then I'm going to let you give me a reason not to kill you. It's the Sydney time. You haven't acted on this initiative. If you would like to do something, you have definitely just heard your sister's voice after Roe popped the trunk on this car. So, crazy dude, hunched brother, cross street, people fought brother, crazy dude, friend goes to car and my sister is in the trunk. Is that an approximate ac- accuracy of what's going on? Yep. Do I see the trunk? Um, you can if you want. I am going to run over straight to 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 the car to get to get to the trunk, get to Abby. Okay. And uh you when you do, you hear Abigail say, "Sydney, you came." I always come for you, baby, and I'm going to pull her out of that trunk. You notice that she was kind of stuck in place. Like, it's not too difficult for you to uh, do what you need to do to get her out, but not with any sort of, like, rope or anything, but it seems like there's an impression of of ice in the back of this vehicle that doesn't totally make sense, but kind of conforms to the outline of her. Can I, like... Does it stop me from, like, touching her or pulling her, or is it just a sensation? Um, no, like, the, you're, you're able to, to pull her free. I assume that Roe is assisting in this. So I'm, I'm not going to make you roll to make this happen, uh, but, um, no, there's an impression of kind of, like, uh, an icy outline of where your sister was in the trunk. Sister first, panic about the metaphysical, metaphysical ramifications of this later. So I'm just gonna, you know, uh, start leading, you know, Abby to a safe distance from all these shenanigans. Okay. It is now the Desdemona turn. All right. Um, I actually was um, because like uh, we all heard Albion call uh, Giuseppe a fate, right? You probably did. Um, I actually want to cast Contrastari on him in case there's some sort of glamour or something so we could see what he really is. Ooh. Art now... It's my counter spell. Okay. Uh, roll your assessment on that, which is a lore. Okay. Uh, target three. That's two. Okay. It's not a night for me. Yeah, uh, good. It's a real good night for you. Yeah. Um, so you can either go blind without knowing how much power you need to throw, or you can give me a fate point. I will give you a fate point. We will do Born with the Gift. <laughs> that, um, that, uh, she's using magical powers. Okay. Great. So, uh, you do an assessment on any sort of glamours or magical effects that are around this Mr. Giuseppe. 
and you find none. It's not something that can be countered if there is anything there. Okay. So if you would like, you can make me another lore roll to try to figure out what that means, and I will give you a target four, and that would be your uh, primary action for the round. Um, yeah, we'll do another lore roll. Okay. That's better. That's six. Cool. So you are going to get a little extra info on top because of the extra shifts of success. So, well, if it's not a glamour that's uh, changing this person's form, as you assume is what's happening, then it's got to be some sort of innate thing, like shape-shifting or mimicry. Oh. And given that you did hear Abigail's voice, but not coming from the right place, you feel like it's definitely something of that vein. And you you have heard from Beaumont, perhaps, that there are fae that can shapeshift, take on the form of people that they're familiar with or have seen or whatever. So you have a feeling that this is some kind of shapeshifter fay. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, Des is probably going to yell that um, information over to Albion really quickly, just something like this. Albion, I- I'm getting a read that we've got a shapeshifter or some kind of mimic fay right here. And Beaumont just winces so hard. <laughs> I'm sorry, Beaumont. It's... I'm sorry. We're bad at this. Um, <laughs> yeah, cool. Who? What's going on now? Whose turn is it? Uh, it is Sylvester's turn, and you currently have this dude. Uh, Des just said that it's some kind of shape-changing fay, and Albion does have a... I assume it's like a tire iron at his throat. It's like a solid, long dowel. It's like... But it's made of steel. Hmm. Looks like your billy club, Uh, Iron, rather. Yeah, it's sort of like a long billy club. I mean, does Albion have the situation under control, or is it more like he's pinning him down? I'm pinning him down. Oh, okay. He's still fighting. Well, he's not... You don't know for sure that he's actively fighting against you. Um, Albion's definitely got him held in place, and it looks like you've got the two spellcasters there and very aware. And you've also noticed that there was a girl in a trunk. And you don't know how long she's been there, and as a medical professional, you know that it doesn't take that long before carbon dioxide slash carbon monoxide poisoning is a problem. I really want to kick him in the face, but I should probably, you know, the Hippocratic open shit, I guess. <laughs> <sighs> I mean, I'm not going to stop you if you kick him in the teeth. Uh, can I do both? That darn Hippocratic oath. <laughs> you can't do both of those, unfortunately. One of those won't. can't be a supplemental. Fine, I'll go save the kid, I guess, or whatever. <laughs> Okay, uh, I'll have you make a scholarship roll for medicine uh, to see if, you know, basically to do a round of assessment to try to figure out this uh, this person's condition. Six. 
okay, I didn't, I was going to give you a target and I just don't need to because you beat it. You, you blew it out the water. Um, <laughs> uh, it looks like, I mean, she is now in the open air. So if there were a threat of carbon dioxide poisoning, it's quickly being counteracted by the fact that she's breathing like good, clean air now. Um, you don't see any any signs that she's in immediate physical danger. Like you, you can take a pulse and you can tell uh, that it's you know it's elevated and there's anxiety. But uh, she is breathing in a way that you would consider normal for somebody under this kind of duress. But uh, your assessment is that. Uh, she is not in need of any sort of emergency medical procedure. Okay. Uh, at top of initiative, Mr. Giuseppe is going to use a mechanic called concessions in which he offers to lose in order to end the scene. Instead of being taken out and letting you determine his fate, he is going to offer to let you guys win and he gets to determine the way that he leaves the scene. So the general gist of the concessions is that he's going to he's he's going to go away and he is going to uh agree to uh not target your family to get at you, Albion. And uh that he will uh he will not use that route to try to to get to you again and that um he will leave and you won't keep kicking him with iron boots i'm just gonna start wrenching back harder and just like you are going to explain yourself or i am going to break your neck and find new ways to hurt you the question though is are you going to allow this character the agency in the way that they're taken out of the scene? No, I am not. I am You're hurting going... him more. You are. Okay. This is, this is a group decision because this is a, this is a concessions offer to the group. It is very much directed more toward you, Albion, because you, uh, you are the one that, uh, he was attempting to hurt with this particular uh this particular action but you are not the only person in the scene that this concession is being offered to uh you are also going to get a fate point out of this for your trouble aspect because this is clearly something that remembers you and has and deliberately targeted you so your trouble aspect of monsters have long memories, you will absolutely get a fate point out of this in addition to uh, the concessions that he will not do this again. Albion's vote is no. Uh, what's the group's decision? Uh, Fuck him up. <laughs> you do realize, I will remind the players that you have a local fifth grade teacher in the middle of the street in a suburban neighborhood as people are waking up to go to work. <laughs> um, my thought would be to let him go. I know that Albion feels strongly about this, but we are in public. And also, 
like, I don't know what else we could do to him, because I don't think we want to kill him. Albion certainly does, but point taken. So that is a vote for let him go. Yep. Des? I mean, I feel like, I feel like, uh, let him go, but see if we can get more information from him first on, like, why? Yes. That is a definite. All right, fine. I'm gonna, I'm gonna concede and let him go. I'm just gonna wrench back harder to the point where it feels like something is going to break. And then I'm going, and I just whisper in his ear, that is my blood. My family. You stupid son of a bitch. I want you to understand the mistake you made. I want you to look at me, because you know who I belong to, so you know how many ways I can hurt you! And then he's gonna release him. And he looks at you, your old fifth grade teacher looks at you and starts, uh, you know, gasping and taking taking in that sweet, sweet oxygen, uh, and he, he says, uh, he says to you, <laughs> I know that's your blood. That's was obviously the point, Albion Graves. I know you know. I'm educating you on why it was a mistake. It was. Would only, you like another lesson? It was only a mistake because you got the upper hand on me. And I'm always fucking going to. We're not going to debate that at the moment. But I will tell you, you know I am a man of my word. I promise I will not go through your family to try to get to you again. And you tell everyone you know about your mistake and not to repeat it. Only if you eat that lesson as well, you're too easy to bait. <laughs> uh, you are not convincing me not to put a bullet in your fucking head right now. I want you to understand something. I have explained to several people, so now I'm going to explain to you. You don't understand your role. I am the hunter. He is turning and like just walking away from you as you are as you are starting to make this speech. Cool. Are we? I'm gonna. So I'm gonna. I am going to reach to strike him in the back of the head. Then someone's going to have to stop me. Uh, he's actually going to duck out of the way because you accepted his concessions. Um, and he is choosing how he gets taken out of the scene. He is going to duck under that swing and turn around to look at you. And by the way. When I say turn around to look, I mean his head does a 180 swivel. Gross. And uh, he stands back up to his full height, head still turned around and says, like I said, predictable. And he takes off running in a way that is absolutely faster than human legs should be able to move. And as he continues down the street, uh, his form, jelly-like, 
changes and sort of wobbles out of the shape of your fifth grade teacher, Mr. Giuseppe, into something that is in the pre-dawn unrecognizable and then uh, disappears around a corner with a little a little poof of, of magical something or other, and it is gone. Albion's hand is shaking, and he just... Is the car still there? Yeah, the car's, the car's still there. It's a car. Cool. <laughs> it no longer has a driver's side window. <laughs> you have now bashed in the driver's side window of the old... And, you know, like 200,000 miles on it kind of vehicle of your fifth grade teacher. <laughs> you know what, Michael? Actually, when you put it that way, maybe that's a bad idea. <laughs> well, it's really unfortunate that you did it already. <laughs> because you're an angry boy. So angry. Um, I... I think it's a good idea you let your parents know that Abigail's safe or found. I'm just going to turn and just look at Abby and Sydney for a second. We're going to a Waffle House. We got to talk. Pocket Podcast Network. Quality programming right to your pocket.